If you were ever able to get inside my mind and hear my thoughts, you would hear that they fray in a bunch of different directions. Professionally, I was a hockey player, and now I'm a coach, so one would think that that's what I live and breathe, but that's not the case at all, actually. Though I love what I do, there is so much outside of the game that I'm hugely passionate about. I love music, guitars, motorcycles, the arts, and I've even come to love history and geography through my travels. My podcast is all about these things, and I speak with some really cool people that I've met throughout my career and let the conversation kind of take off. So join me inside my brain and welcome to My Motley Thoughts. Today, my guest is a person I've known since I was 18 years old and has been a close friend of mine to this day. He was an NHL goaltender, his pro career spanning from 1991 to 2008. Drafted by the New York Islanders, went on to play for six teams in the NHL. Also had a short trip to Russia and Japan. He is currently an analyst. Oops. Sorry, analyst for TV's TSN. He does radio, plays a little guitar on the side, and apparently he has turned himself into a responsible human being. I am so happy <laughs> to have on the podcast my dear friend, Mr. Jamie Noodles McLennan. What's up? Responsible human being. <laughs> well, I guess I had to grow up at some point. I mean, I am 49 years old. Uh, tell me about it. Like, I, I don't know. If, if you have kids, does that make you responsible or does it force you to be responsible? That's what it is. I think it's the latter. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Although you were lucky because like you had, you know, you had your kids at a young age, right? Yeah. So you get like, now yeah. you're like best friends with them. Like yeah. my three-year-old is, is you know, it's pointing out a bald spot on my head, like right now. Like he doesn't care about me. He just is like, "Daddy, you you got a hole in your head." Like he doesn't know. He's an idiot. He's three. You know, you you're you're like buddies with your kids and stuff. I think that's awesome. Like I, by the time my kids are in high school and college, I'll probably be in a wheelchair. So it'll be, uh, you know, I started late. It's uh, I, I envy you. You you actually in in a real nice uh, space as far as family where. You know, I'm lucky, I, I guess that way, I, I kind of waited for my career to be over and all that before right. in hockey, before yeah. I settled down. But uh, yeah, just different ends of the spectrum when it comes to that, for sure. <laughs> well, most, actually, most of my friends uh, in the hockey world, uh, especially the hockey world, uh, waited. So I was like the only dude with kids. And hey, t- trust me, like, don't, don't uh, paint this picture like I knew what I was planning or doing. Like zero <laughs> of the four kids are planned. Huh? If anything, yeah. <laughs> I was making mistakes every every way along there. But uh, it ended up, as we went along, uh, I started seeing my friends having kids. Uh, and I was like, you know what? It's kind of nice that my, <laughs> mine are kind of growing up and leaving now and 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 also like you said i get right. to enjoy uh being kind of buddies and dudes with them as like right now is is a good thing to be able to kind of connect in in that way it's well it's, you're still young and healthy too like that's the yeah, thing like you're yeah. you know you you 
like they're adults too. So it's, it's like you, you're, you're along the journey, you know, with their journey. Yeah. Whereas I'm still, you know, I'm still shaping my, my, my daughter will be eight uh, this weekend. So, you know, it, it's, I'm still helping with, you know, math homework and just, you know, try to get through. I mean, it's crazy times right now. Anyways, like we're both, both kids are on, and my three-year-old son, he's on zoom for, 35 minutes every morning. And other than that, he's a disaster just running around the house. So it's, I'm just at a different, different stage. Like yeah, for, yeah. for you, like your kids are grown up now. So you can actually like, you know, I, I'm sure on so many different levels, you get an opportunity to kind of just, you know, have these, like, I, I, you know, I follow you on, on Instagram and that, like you get to see like, you know, how your family's evolved and grown, but you're all adults now. So yeah, I'm sure the, the, the dinners are great, the conversation and, and just hanging out where, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, pick that up or you just made crumbs <laughs> because you threw your pizza on the ground because you're three and, you know, like, so it's just different. We're just different stages. So, you know, no, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's funny. Cool. My, uh, I think it was my wife, uh, asked, was, was saying that, uh, something about your family and asked the names of your, your kids. And I was like, you know, to tell you the truth, I only know them as fool and dank or, the or whatever. The <laughs> dankest or whatever. And then I, I scrolled down to your Instagram and I was literally, I could not find one yeah. <laughs> post that showed their names. <laughs> well, my, my daughter's name is Dylan and my son's okay. name is Quinn. But okay. like, even my wife and I, we have like this, you know, language, like, we'll be like, how's the dink doing and that's the boy and then how's the fool doing that's you know the girl like we just have some fun with it because i think you know my wife's younger than me but she's you know we're kind of on the same page as far as hey we're in this together and you know the kids are you know i guess one silver lining of this pandemic is that we you know really are um we've got a lot of time with them whereas yeah. you know during the season i'm so busy calling games and you know, and traveling and, and, you know, at the studio a lot where I've missed out on a lot of key things. So now I've, you know, I've had eight or nine straight months with them. So it's, it's, it's been great that way. I'll look back on, on this eventually, maybe two, three years from now and go, Hey, I was pretty lucky to, to be around at that time. But yeah, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, me, I like to joke around a lot. So the, you know, the, the, when it comes to my family, I'm obviously very proud, but you know, I'm, I'm, I like to joke around like my kids, like are my kids. Unfortunately, like my son has the same flappers, the same ears <laughs> and, and Dylan, my daughter, thankfully is starting to shift towards looking like Steph, which, which helps because you don't want my face with a blonde wig. So it's, uh, uh, it, it's good. You can tell at that point, like I would, I would always tease my wife that, that she was just the carrier. And they were, I was like that because both kids came out with my face on it. So um, they're, they're good. They're happy kids. And, good. you know, I think you just knock on wood for health at that point with, with kids and, you know, no matter what age and that uh, you, you just want them to be happy and healthy. Yeah, no, they, uh, they seem when I first, you know, been following you on the, on the, on Instagram and stuff, I, I noticed how much they looked like you and, uh, <laughs> And it's kind of funny because all, all the boys uh, look exactly like me and uh, look nothing like my wife, like at all. Yeah. And, uh, 
it was kind of funny when I saw that. I was like, but now you're right. Your your daughter's turning into a pretty little girl and, and starting yeah. to not look like you. <laughs> Thank <much>. God. <laughs> so, hey, um, I was going to ask you, you, you kind of mentioned about your career. and Are you actually doing all your stuff from the house now? Yeah, I'm actually, this. so this is my office. So backstory, I actually called the last NHL game before the pandemic. So I don't know if you remember Rudy Gobert, the Rudy Gobert or whatever, the NBA player who got it. And he basically, he was the guy who was touching the microphones and stuff like that, kind of acting silly because he, he had tested positive. Uh, the, the NBA shut down on March 11th. So I was traveling with the Senators and the Senators had played Anaheim the night before and got rinsed. And then LA was the next night to back to back. So that was a Wednesday, March 11th. And because we were on the West Coast, that was the last NHL game. So it was whatever, at 1030 Eastern start. So I was out there and, and what's weird about me is I, I like, I track like, I don't even want to say current events, but I track kind of weird things all the time. So I've been, I've been watching this coronavirus like overseas and in China get big. And I remember even in February talking to one of my broadcast partners, Gord Miller about it and saying, I'm worried about this. I think it's coming. And he would, you'd give me shit and be like, you know, Jamie, you're just being a hypochondriac. He's like, you know, the the flu's everywhere. And, and, and I was, I, I would get into a hotel room and I'd spray it down with Lysol. I was constantly washing my hands and, and had Purell. And as it got to that, that day in, in March, you could see the numbers, like it, it, it arrived in Canada, it arrived in, in the U.S. And, I, and you, you and I have talked about it on, you've got your own crazy stories, obviously, for, yeah. for that, for the COVID. But uh, for me, that night, it was an eerie feeling because it was myself and Chris Cutford and the building was like maybe half full quarter full. And I know LA wasn't going to make the playoffs and you know, LA Ottawa is not your banner marquee matchup, just both teams that were in rebuilds. Right. But it was a weird feeling. And just before the game, my producer got into my ear and he said, Hey, the NBA shut down. It wouldn't surprise me if, if, if we're going to. So, um, I, uh, you know, we called the game, went and had a beer afterwards and flew home. And the next day I did a show in studio and that was a Friday. And they, they said, you're shut down. Like you're, we're going to, we're going to put a studio in your house. So this is my office. And yeah. I had to, I brought up a bunch of stuff actually, cause I, I'm not as vain as this looks, you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I don't need to be walking in and going, Hey, there's my mask. And there's, you know, a picture of me. And like, it, it, we had to create something for TV, the look. So they had one of their IT guys come and hook me up, you know, on an iPhone, but then there's a tie line for radio and it's just a whole setup here with lighting. And this is my backdrop for TV. So basically in a nutshell, um, within a day, I had been pivoted home and I haven't left since. And we, we got a, a note the other day saying, don't even think you're coming back to studio until the end of April earliest. So they're already looking ahead yeah. as to, Hey, we're going to ride this winter out. So I'm fine at home. Other than the fact that like, even on yesterday's show, I was late getting back to the show because I was warming up some brisket and I, I lost track of time in the, in the break. <laughs> 
video, I get a three minute break and I like set it for two and a half minutes. And then I'm having a conversation with my wife and nanny. And I'm like, I look at my, I, I see an empty chair on TV. I run back to the studio and guys are giving me heck, but you know what? I like working from home. Uh, you know, it's a 40 minute commute to the studio back and forth. So it saves me 80 minutes. Uh, um, I feel like I'm more efficient, although I miss just the interaction, right? Like just BSing with people and sure. you know yeah. all of that. The, the, the world is upside down, but I've tried to just make it the best possible right now. So this is my home studio and I'll be here for, you know, unless I start calling NHL games, I think we'll be doing it off TV probably from the studio, but, but ultimately I'll be here for the next little while. Cool. The, uh, regarding your career, I never really ever asked you, like you, you did a short stint for coaching with, with coaching and yeah. uh, that's kind of thought, I thought where you were going to be headed. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, noodles is on television. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, w- did it kind of just fall into your lap and you kind of tested it out? Or did you, were you like, man, I want to be this? No, it was weird because, um, you know, the day I, I decided to retire. So I went to, got to figure this out. So. I, the Flames, I ended my career with the Flames and Daryl Sutter was great because Daryl said to me, he goes, Hey, we're not going to sign you. We're going to let you go. We're going to head a different direction. But he said, I don't know if you want to play anymore, but he said, the minute you retire, I've got a job for you. I'll figure something out. And I said, that's great. So I knew I had that in my back pocket. And then my agent, who is Pat Morris from Newport, I was sitting in Calgary end of June and he calls me and he said, I've got a job in Russia for you. And the money was, I mean, you know, as you know, the KHL pays, uh, most of them do, not, not all of them do, but uh, like the, the KHL claims to pay, put it that way. And so I, you know, I looked at it and it was Magnitogorsk, which is, I don't even know if you've made that trip or not, but. Oh that, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you went to the cement bunkers there, but I, you know, it's, it, I didn't even know where the hell this thing was. It was 800 miles southeast of Moscow. And so I'm looking at it and my agent says, hey, you know what, just treat it like you're, you know, you're, you're going to jail for six months and you get paid on the, when you get released type of thing. Like we were joking because I'd never been over there, right? <laughs> so um, I thought it was a new challenge. So I went over, I was there six to eight weeks and didn't work out. It, they, it, it was weird because I thought it played pretty well for them. And I think they thought, okay, here's an NHL goalie. You need to put up a shutout every night. And like, that's a good league. Like there's like, oh, yeah. I'll never, we were playing UFA one night and we lose three, two. And I stopped like 50 shots and like, they're pissed at me. And I'm like, dude, like they're, what are you talking about? I made 50 saves and like backdoor one timers and stuff like that league has a lot of skill. And so it, it was just a weird setup. And, they didn't like me. And by the end, I didn't kind of like them. So it just didn't work. I called my agent. I was like, get me out of here. Um, so it gets, gets me out of here. I'm going to join the flames. And then Joel Dick calls me and says, do you want to uh, end, end your career with me in Japan, the pawn paper, the cranes. So went over there and uh, loved it. As you can speak to that for, for many years that you were there. Like I loved the, the people I loved you know, even the Northern Island of Hokkaido is just, uh, yeah. was, it, it was different than Tokyo, obviously, but I just, I love the whole setup. 
I thought the people were amazing. I thought the hockey was better than people give it credit for. Well, for sure. um, you know, and then, so I retired and uh, played in Japan, retired. And Daryl the next day was like, okay, you're starting, you know, in player development, you're going to do scouting. You're going to do it all the first year. And I got a taste of everything. Like I was in on all like big meetings. I was doing some stuff behind the scenes for Daryl. So it was great. And then the next year he put me into coaching. And he said, you know, I'd like you to be the goalie coach. But he said, on paper, I'm going to make you, it's called the assistant coach. But I was really just the goalie coach. And, and uh, um, so I did that for two years. And the second year, like, was a bit bumpy. Kipper was up and down. Our team wasn't great. We didn't, I don't think we made the playoffs or maybe we did. But I, I don't even remember. It's been 10, 11 years now. But at the end of the year, my contract was up and they were going to renew it or they were going to let me go. And Jay Feaster was the manager at the time. And he said, we're not going to renew you as the goalie coach, but we'd like you to stay in the organization. And I was kind of like, all right, I don't know if I want the, the pivot. And, and they wanted me to, to kind of relocate too. So uh, I said, give me a week. And as I left the office, obviously it had, it had leaked that the Flames weren't renewing contracts. So it's, you know, the coaching staff got fired or whatever. TSN uh, emailed me. The, kind of the head of hockey department we call him the quiz master the quiz master emailed me and said hey would you be interested in doing some tv uh mm -hmm. we'd like to try you out on the panel and that was like i'm not lying dusty it was an hour after i left feaster's office like it was i could already <laughs> wow. i already saw saw my name on the ticker i was sitting at lunch having a beer and i you know flames coaches get fired or whatever mclennan I, I can't remember who else was let go at that time and I get an email saying, hey, would you like to uh, be on the panel this weekend to try you out? And at that time, TSN had the national rights. So the, the panel was national games. And it was James Dotty, It was Bob McKenzie. I think Craig McTavish was there. And, you know, so they, they had a panel. So they flew me into Toronto. And uh, I was really raw, like... You know, you're 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 sitting there, and there's cameras, and there's a lot of moving parts, and you got a producer talking in your ear, and uh, James Duffy, you're intimidated. The lights are bright, and I'll never forget. Duffy asked me a question. I go to talk, and a big piece of spit comes flying out of my mouth, and I, I I'm watching it in slow motion, head towards Duffy. I'm like, oh my god, I just spit on national TV, and so it was kind of you know, it was intimidating, but I I mean. I'm sure I was awful, but I think that they were like, I, I, we, we got something we could work with here. Right. So I did that a couple of times. And then when they were done, uh, I told the quiz master, I said, you know, I'd like to do more because if you want me to do this, I need reps. Like I need to work at this. Like, you know, hockey, you know, like you need coaching, right? Right. Like coaches mm -hmm. tell you, Hey, we want you to do work on this. Do, where, where in media, it was just like, Hey, here's, here's a microphone, here's a camera, like, we're gonna ask you some questions. Like, it was kind of trial by fire. So um, TSN radio had just started. So they put me on TSN radio, and they put me on a show called That's Hockey with Gino Retta. So they were trying to, you know, give me as much experience as it could. And honestly, now it's this is my, I think, 10th year. 10th year, so, eh? Yeah, 10 years wow, later. It's been that long. I think, uh, wow. I think this is my ninth or 10th year. Like, it's, it's, it is that long. Like, it's, and obviously, like at that time, I was single. I moved out to Toronto. 
and reconnected with um, my wife and I had dated previously. And then we reconnected because she works for TSN. And uh, so it, it, it ended up working out that way. And I guess the, you could say the rest is history. Although every day is a, you know, you never know (laughs) you're, you're one wrong comment away from who knows what, but I, I I think for the most part, you know, I've, I've been put on good shows and TSN has been really good to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I try, I try to be good to them too, because I love doing color. Like I do a lot, like I do color commentating for the Senators and a little bit of the Leafs uh, when Ray Ferraro can't make it. Um, I'm on a show called Overdrive every day from four, four to seven, which is TV and radio. I do that's hockey. I do Sports Center. So I, I kind of got four or five gigs at TSN. So it's it's busy, but I enjoy it. Like put it that way. That's kind of how it started. And that's you know, so like cool. I say, nine, nine, ten years later, I'm still doing it. Right on. No, that's awesome. So now we, we talked about your career, which I think is totally cool that you jumped into the television realm of things. I wanted to uh, <laughs> go a little lighter. I'll start with this, how we, we came to know each other. Um, the short version is Jamie and I played together in junior in Lethbridge in the WHL. Yep. Uh, long version, a little longer version is... I started in new, with the New Westminster Bruins, got traded to Leftbridge, and uh, kind of got myself as supposedly like the number one guy, and they were trading away the other goalie. So they made a trade. <laughs> okay, this, this shit's funny to me. It might not be funny to anyone else. They made a trade with Spokane for a couple players, one being a goalie, and who is going to be my goalie partner. And it's this guy named Jamie McLennan. And he shows up, and I think I would have been 18, you'd have been 17. And, yeah. And uh, it's so funny when I think back at this because you're so different. It was you see, really shy, and, and I don't know what I can say or can't say anymore, but uh, I would have said in the, back in the day, Indian, uh, Native uh, uh, Canadian. Or indigenous. 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 Sorry, I never know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Indigenous. I thought you were... <laughs> Yeah. I was, to this day, to this day, people, I mean, I do have indigenous, I have actually, side story, I've gone on to ancestry, because I was like, my whole life, people have been like, you're, you're indigenous. So I'm like, I need to figure out if the mailman was indigenous or something. And uh, I do have it. So okay. you know All what, right. ultimately, I there is indigenous. There is a little bit. So like, there you go. So this okay. indigenous player shows up yes so and along with i think it was kevin st jocks right yeah jocko yeah, me and jocko for and jocko yeah. show up and i i do i remember i think it was like somewhere like moose jar some uh, visiting rank and your gear was already there and i'm like waiting for this guy to show up and you walk in and i'm like try, i'm talking to you and you i could barely get two words out of you you're real quiet and yeah. uh, and uh Anyways, it turned into a, a, a long uh, forever uh, friendship. Uh, we went through a lot. In uh, When you think about it, it's quite a short time, two years uh, together. Yeah. But we built, it's kind of, there's only a few, you, you have lots of friends throughout your hockey career, but there's like a, the select few that you kind of just stay connected with. We don't see each other ever because of our careers no. and where we live, but uh i've always held our friendship dear uh to my heart and we've uh, yeah. we stayed close ever since but um i asked you before the pod uh to to think of a couple 
stories because man we don't get to talk about them enough but there are some doozies and uh, <laughs> i haven't told a lot of them for a long time and as i was thinking last night writing them down i started remembering i got a shitty memory but uh <laughs> i got a couple i want to let you say one first before i go ahead because i got a couple all right. I mean, you know, again, if this was 10, <laughs> 10 years ago, we'd probably be able to tell different you know, open, stories. Yeah. Tell different stories. It's just, you know what? I, 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 the first and foremost, I, I'll go back to getting traded because intimidate, like I had lived in Lethbridge. So I actually knew the city. I knew the Dick family, Joel and Mike Dick, right, right. Uh, because I I'd played Bantam there. So I had the familiarity with the city. I was fine. The intimidation factor was okay. I was all, I was just trying to establish myself as a junior player. Like I, I hadn't done that, you know, in Spokane. Right. I come in, you know, Dusty, you're a really popular guy as it is. You're, you're a popular player in the room. You're a good goaltender, and I'm just like scared shitless. So you, you know, <laughs> I'm, you're like, you walk in the room and you're like, okay, I'm just trying to like stay. I'm just trying to be a WHL player. So there was no like. I wasn't threatened or didn't feel threatening to you other than the fact that I was like, I just, I don't even know what I am as a player yet at that level. So what was great was, you know, right away, like I knew once I relaxed, we would be fine because you, your personality and my personality mesh, right? Like right, we, yeah. we like to joke around, we, you know, like, so it just took time. So you were really good to me. And as I settled in, that's when I started to open up a little bit, but all I remember, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to like all of our stories are around alcohol. A lot of them, and you're still allowed. You're yeah. as long as you don't drink and drive, you're still allowed to tell alcohol stories. Right. So right. my, <laughs> you know, my favorite, uh, you know, my I mean, there's a million of them. My favorite stories are more about, you know, us just hanging out. We had a core group of guys and we would, you know, it would, it would be house A, house B, yeah. you know, whether that was, you know, Benny's, whatever, girlfriend's, grandparents' house, whatever that, that house by the, the Sandman Hotel was. There, there was like, I think her name was Candace. It was like Candace's grandparents' house that we used yeah, to yeah. like go over and drink. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we'd all get together and, and it was like, okay, you know, beers and it was laughs and then there was cigarettes. And then if they're like, you would bring the guitar out and we mm. get the guitar and I had no game. If I was, I was single <laughs> at the time. So if I like wanted to meet a girl at the bar or anything like that, you know, you were kind of like my, uh, my voice. They're like, yeah, Jamie's a good guy, you know, Jamie. And, you know, like it was almost like we'd invite people back to the house, have some drinks, you'd get the guitar out and like you would be almost like, you know, helping me along to try and meet people. And I, I like, I, I remember several nights of us like just late nights too, which was weird oh, because, yeah. and, and Dusty, I will say this and I remember this and I would like, I remember this like it was yesterday. There were times I would you know, early on go, I don't know if we should go. I don't know if we should go out. Like we're playing in two <laughs> days or we're playing. Right. And you would say to me, Jamie, you're coming because they can't bench both of us. They need <laughs> us. <laughs> like, like if you went and got buckled, 
and couldn't play, they would put me in. But you're like, if we were both messed up, it's like they, they, we had to play. Like they were stuck with us. So it was like you and I, you and I were tied together to everything because it was like they needed the goalies. Like, and, and so it didn't matter who it was. And I, I don't, all I remember is that like one time, a very late, late night. And I think we were playing the next day and and you were like, <laughs> I got, I like, got I that one on my list. Tell. Okay, then I will let you tell that one because I, I was like, I don't know how we're going to make it through this game. And this is a junior. I'm like, oh, I, I, God. I can't remember what game it was. That part I don't remember. But I do remember saying those, some of those words along those lines of, because you really didn't want to be out. At the, right. I think it was at my house. I, it, it was like because you had the young, you had that little billet that we used to. Is it Henderson? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. And he was very thin at the time, very thin. And Clark Pogolais would pick him up and pretend he was a fool to you. And like, but he was such a nice kid. He always hung oh, yeah. around, right? But, but like, he, he was yeah. like, I think he was like our young, because he was young at the time. Yeah. And I, I think he was he kind was of a guy just boy. liked to hang. Yeah, he was our stick boy. I think he liked to just hang around us. But, we would we would have a few at your place, and then, you know, yeah, I would that, be like, that, ah, I think we got to shut it down. I think that night uh, you were trying to say, hey, I think we should shut it down because it's the next night. It was the next night, and I right, right. You know, hey, we we learn, we grow from our experiences, and I'm not going to exactly. deny, deny I. I I did some stupid shit along the way, and that would be one of them. But I used to, I remember telling you, hey, they. they Lauxy can't bench both of us. So, you know, right. I, I made sure, and I think you were going to play that. So I made sure you weren't getting hammered, but you are, right. so you I wasn't going to let you leave. Um, the, the, the other one I was going to tell, or I wanted, uh, I, I have no problem talking about, and this is me. So, you know, it's not regarding you. Uh, right. Uh, and it's in my past and I've learned from things, but I remember the Rockford files. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Gregg and yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we were out, and like you said, we'd go go out and 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 be together and hang out, and and I'd had a few, and and uh, we were leaving the parking lot, and uh, I think it was Mark Gregg's Trans Am or whatever he. But that's had. the thing, though, and I'll, I'll jump on this quickly, Dusty. Is yeah. There was nothing illegal there. We yeah, were yeah. we were of of age to drink, and and yeah. the guy who was driving the car hadn't been drinking, so there right. was nothing other than right. the fact that that you <laughs> decided that you were going to jump on top of a car. So that's that's where. But here's know. the thing: when I did it, I was, and I remember what I was thinking. I was just trying to be funny because there there was a sunroof, so I could look down, and I said like, "You're not leaving," kind of thing. And Mark Gregg just decided he was going to drive off with me on the top of his freaking car and, and not just drive off, but start spinning the wheel back and forth as he's leaving the parking lot. And my feet started swaying back and forth and sure enough, he does one quick turn and I went, (laughs) and And you rolled and I rolled Rolled, like you did the somersaults through the parking lot and then landed there and no. I was walking out. I remember I, seeing you. I can't remember 
who it was, but it stuck. The name stuck in the in the story that someone was it Polglaze or you Clark Polglaze said, "Holy fuck, Rockford Files," <laughs> <laughs> which was an old show, an old and, old police show. Yeah, yeah. No, I I remember that one. And it, it, the the funny thing is, I don't know if it was after or before, but like I kind of damaged myself on that that fall. Uh, but I did another one where I was uh, riding my bike, my bicycle in the middle of the night. And I think I'd had a few and I hit a manhole, like a big freaking manhole. And I went right over the handlebars hard. And, uh, and I can't remember if it was my wrist or my shoulder or something, but I, I did something bad to my body and uh, I went into the rink and I told Lauxi. I told Lauxi. Is that how the story went or, or did it? You were riding your bike and you hit, you hit, you hit a manhole and went ass over tea kettle and hurt your shoulder and your elbow. And, and you were all road rashed up and we were worried because all of us, like we were playing the next day and we were worried that we were going to get shit for being out. And what happened was you told Lauxi and you were like, Hey, I just fell off my bike and he pulled his shirt up and he's like, it happened to me too. He had road rash because it just so (laughs) happens that Lauxi had fallen off his bike, but he was just, you know, he was actually doing it legally driving around, not legally, but he was just doing it in the, you know, early, early night where you were in the middle of the night you hit a manhole and I had to play I, I remember I had to play because you were unava- unavailable I think you had sublexed your shoulder like popped in and out or something and and you were out a couple days where we had I think we had to call the kid up that Darcy Austin oh, to back yeah, yeah, me yeah. up yeah, yeah. yeah so that was that was uh you know there there was too many of those like little unfortunate incidents but we we made it through and again like it wasn't i think it, you look back at it it's adolescence right it's just us oh, being sure. stupid yeah. idiots but we were i i laugh and i can remember a lot of these stories like yesterday because they're part of like you know shaping you're shaping as a as growing as an adult and looking back at the mistakes and some of the decisions you made but for the most part like you know we all had each other to to help each other out. Like I'm still friends with Mark Gregg and Wes Walls and Jason Ruff and you and I are still close. And, right. you know, like I, crazy enough, I a couple of years ago, I'm flying from like, I think Edmonton to Toronto or something. And over the loudspeaker, here's your captain, Pete Berthelsen. I'm like, Oh my God, is that no like wow. that bird? Like, so I, I asked the flight attendant, I'm like, can you please, which was awkward. You can't be telling a flight attendant, can you get a message to the captain? Cause like, you know, it was a <laughs> terrorist or something. Yeah. So I said, just so you know, I'm a, I'm a former junior hockey player for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Can you please ask the captain if he played, if he was the captain of the Lethbridge Hurricanes? So sure enough, a note came back and it was like, he used to call me lemon jello. He's like lemon jello. It's me after the flight, come and see me. So no you know, we had a great visit, but that was, you know, like I say, you talk about lifelong friends and some of the bonds that we made. Right. That's 30, 30 years ago that, that we played junior. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm running into Bert. You and I are still talking. Mark Gregg's son just got drafted by Ottawa. 
Like, you know, well, I, I, I did not know that. Yeah. He's, he's at the world junior camps right now. Like he's a good young player. Like it's, wow. it's weird to see, you know, kind of the next wave, but I, I, I run into Mark Gregg all the time cause he's, he's pretty high up with Philadelphia. So he travels a lot. So I'll yeah. run into him random randomly at the airport. And so it's nice to see a lot of these guys have gone on to have success, but it's, you know, Dusty, it comes back to those roots that we made and those friendships. So yeah, you know, sometimes maybe we were stupid on the little things and decisions right. and having a few beers a night before a game, but it didn't change the fabric of what we are. If anything, it, it, it helped us, you know, grow as men. So I, I look back with my junior experience as like with fond memories. Like I, oh, for you, sure. know, you know, I, I know other people have had different experiences with junior. And that's, you know, that's them and I support them in their plight. But ultimately what I went through in the three years that I played, I, I look back and, you know, it's the reason why you and I are talking today because we've maintained a close friendship and, oh, you know, Mark sure. Gregg and Walsey and that. No, there are some great, great memories. And, and you, you nailed it when you said uh, kind of shapes us a little bit and, and kind of turns us into who we are. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't go as 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 well as but it, that has a lot to do with the person themselves i find that uh even though i found a few of the things out a little too late as far as the direction of my career and how it went i i do believe i wouldn't change it because it's kind of turned me into who i am today and makes me a lot of what i did as a kid has made me the the type of coach i am and 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 how i have learned from some of those things but tons of bonds that we made along the way there like tons of them I can't even all the stories I started thinking about I just I was like man we could go on for hours and hours I was gonna I was gonna quickly tell one uh story that you might like uh kind of describe the duddy story and (laughs) see it's kind of weird not a lot of not everyone that knows me now knows my nickname as Duddy because uh, it kind of, it died off a little after my career was done because the people I played with, I started, we kind of went our separate ways, but throughout my whole hockey career, all my friends in the hockey world called me Duddy and the re it all started in Lethbridge and we, we would go out to the games, uh, from our dressing room to the ice and there uh, there's this aisle way to the bench and the fans would lean over and tap the players on the head of their on their helmets and cheer them on and as we would go out there would be this one little boy who would constantly be yelling uh and I don't want to be disrespectful because I think he, I don't know if he was handicapped or if he just, his speech was a little bit different, but he. Yeah, I think he had a, just a loud voice. That's, I just remember like. Maybe, and he was so young, he, he hadn't, he wasn't pronouncing yeah. my name, but he was just right. yelling. Daddy, 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 daddy. And he daddy. would smack people on the head as they went by. <laughs> and you know how I know this? <laughs> You know how I remember it? Because at least you got a name, right? Because you were Duddy, 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 and he would hit you on the head. I was other goaltender. And you'd be like, Duddy, 
other goaltender. And he would just scream, other goaltender, other goaltender. He didn't know my name. Like, at least, you know, he, he was just a young, loud kid who was, yeah. like, yelling, you know, Dougie, Dougie. But then he would come to me and just look at me and had no idea who the hell I was other than other goaltender, other goaltender. So <laughs> you want to talk about like 30 years later, I still remember that like it was yesterday. So, yes, you get the nickname out of it. But like I was like I was nothing to this guy. Like that's the funny part about it all. Like and, and it's, you know, you're right. Your nickname, it stuck with you, right? Like, my, yeah, my whole my whole hockey career is kind of and I never, it's the same as my last name. Uh, everyone always said Emu. And I never, ever corrected anybody. And I, ne- and I just let Duddy stick through. So I, I didn't even, no one ever said my, either of my names correctly for my whole hockey career. But it was, uh, it was a fond memory for sure, our, our, our junior years together. I want to quickly ask you, Jamie, about, uh, yeah. I've seen through time that you, you've picked up the guitar yeah i mean but very <laughs> uh, that very loose put it that way like i uh, loose is the word because i it's weird because i actually and you remember this you and i would sit there and, and i used to love watching you play the guitar and and you would sing and you know would get right. late into the night you would teach me a little bit of chords and stuff and it was more about as you know, I always feel that there's always been like a music and hockey and actors and actresses. Like there's this entertainment crossover. Oh, and, sure. you know, every hockey player wants to be a rock star. Every rock star wants to be an athlete. Every actor wants to be like, it, you know, the, everyone is always looking to intertwine. So, you know, you were so good at the guitar. It was, it was like, uh, that was my first introduction. I could play the drums a little bit and keep a beat. And I used it more to kind of just work on coordination. Right. But like guitar was always something that mesmerized me because I was like, I would love to just learn enough to get by. And over the years, I've been able to do that. I took a little bit of lessons, but then fortunately through our contacts, and we've had some crossover with Chad from Nickelback and uh, I'm still friends with Tyler from Theory of a Dead Man and you right. know, guys like that. Like I've, I pick up on little nuggets and then, you know, the other side of it is I've been able to, you know, you, you buy a Gibson, you buy a nice guitar, right? So right. then you, you, know, you give yourself something nice to work with and then you're like, okay, maybe I can work at this. So um, very loose still to the point where even last year I got to play with uh, a country band called the Reclaws. And, yeah, I uh, saw it. You posted that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, they actually had an online concert last night, and I, I, I went out to Guelph when they were taping some stuff and, and did some intros with them. And, and it's just so neat to kind of, you know, learn. Uh, I wish I had more. Like, my daughter takes piano, and I sit and listen to the teacher while she's – and, you know, you're picking up on notes and stuff. Like, that's, that's more of like a bucket list. Like, if I had – a do-over in time, I would have stuck with like getting lessons and getting better at it. And as you know, I mean, you got so good at such a young age, like the more you work at it, just the more comfortable you are. And there's a point now where I'm at least, you know, I can listen to a song and I know the chords and I can figure out strumming patterns, but I'll never be a lead guitarist. I'll never, you know, I just don't have the time or the commitment to do it. But Nowadays, I feel like if I, if you and I were going to jam, 
you know, I could give you a little backing, you know, <laughs> like a CAB, like I could <laughs> give you the chords. If you said, Hey, this is the progression, I could figure it out, but it would, I'll never get to that point where I'm actually any good, but it is a passion. That's and I, cool. honestly, I've got, I've, I've got a music room here at the house. Yeah, I so saw I've got, that. I've got drums. I got seven or eight guitars. I actually keep a guitar right here. Um, I got, I just bought it like a tailor. It's a nice tailor. Oh, nice. Um, and I keep it in my office here. But oh, again, cool like colors. Yeah. You know what? It, that's what got me is I love the color and it's such a clean sound. So I, 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 I do play it if I'm got a half an hour at night and just kind of listen to some songs and learn. But, but ultimately I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no good. Like I, you know, when people say, ah, oh, you play the guitar. I'm like, no, like, like that's like, you know, it's like somebody saying, well, you play hockey. Well, yeah, I, I'm, you, you know, a beer league guy saying he's an NHL. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the case. Right. So, you, yeah. you know, um, our, our buddy, Corey Hirsch. Uh, yeah, Hershey, yeah. Yeah, I had him over here. Uh, he came over and I gave him a lesson, did one lesson with him online. And then uh, he, came, he actually drove all the way out here and I gave, uh, gave him a lesson. And uh, it, uh, he actually just texted me. He saw that I, I had posted uh, that uh, Chris Stapleton song I, I covered. And uh, yeah. he was like, I got to learn that. And he, I think he wants to come over again, but he's, he's right at the beginning stages and it's, yeah. it's really fun to, to see someone that really wants to try to learn, but ha is kind of at that beginning oh. stage. Uh, but I think it's so cool uh, that people, you know, in their forties and, you know, are not afraid to say, you know, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to learn this now. Cause I know things get harder to, to open up and learn when you're older, but for someone to do that, I think it's right now, especially th people need these kinds of things to, to kind of oh. do something positive with their lives. You know what I mean? Well, you need an escape. You need even the focus. Like that's, if I had, if I got to a point where I had a little bit better schedule, so maybe my kids are at a different stage in their lives and stuff where I had, you know, a couple hours to burn in a day, you know, I, I would lay out a plan for myself, but I, I just, uh, right now I'm just not there, but I, I do envision a time where uh, I go through phases, right? Like, uh, um, I'll, I'll tell a quick little funny story. I, I, follow, I follow Brett Kissel on um, Instagram. Right. So I did a roast for Jason Strudwick. I don't know if you know Struddy, but uh, he's a close friend of mine from right. Edmonton. So I did the roast to Jason Strudwick. I was the MC of it or whatever. And Brett happened to be there that night. And I like Brett's music. I think he's a really good, like, you know, he, he's really passionate about his music and I think he works hard. And what I love about Brett is he puts himself out there. Like he, you're, you're at his house, like he'll play. Like he just, he's one of those guys who is, is like, when people are around him, he'd be like, yeah, I'll sing a song for you. Yeah, no problem. Give me the guitar. Like he, That's he's cool. like that. Like, yeah, I really love that. So he was there that night and I was sitting at the table with him. I got into the vodka a little bit. And <laughs> so I'm kind of BSing him by the end. I'm like, dude, like, I, I gotta be honest. Like, I, I love your music. I, I love what you're doing. He's like, Hey, you know what? I'll be in Toronto. Let's stay in touch. We exchanged numbers. I didn't want to be like a creepy super fan or whatever, but we stayed in touch a little bit. He's really close to Jordan Everly and he's a huge hockey fan. So it's kind of, you know, there is again, that crossover. Right. 
So I, I'm watching him on Instagram about six months ago, and he's playing, uh, he's singing a duet uh, with Jessica. I think her name is Mosca Duke. I don't want to butcher her name, but she's a Saskatchewan girl. She's got a fantastic voice. And they're singing Islands in the Stream. And it's a really, you know, it's, uh, uh, it, 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 it's just a great, like, it was a great song. And uh, um, so I'm watching Brett play. And I text him, I'm like, hey, I hate to bother you, but I've been watching. I, like what I, what I do nowadays is just watch a guy play and then try and emulate it right. and, you know, pick up the courts. I was like, I was watching you play and, uh, um, you know, I, I think I've got all the chords, but can you tell me what you do here? So he texts me right back and he's like, I'll send you a video later. I was like, I, you know, this guy's busy enough. Like I thought right. maybe he would dust me off or whatever. Right. I woke up, I woke up to a, a three minute tutorial from him. Like because of the time change of him saying, Hey noodles, like this is how I play it. This is what, you know, it's an E major. And, it, no like, he was, way. and and he's like, this is what you do. And he was showing me and it was unreal. And That's cool. I, it just, you know what, it, it got me inspired. So then I learned that. So I got to learn that song and right. kind of cool, you know, that type of stuff. Like that's a, that's, I guess the luxury that you and I have had that we're, you know, through our hot, hockey contacts or through the people we've met along the way, you get to kind of experience a little bit different things. Right. So I, 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 I love that stuff because I, you know, I did reach out to him. So it was kind of creepy of me to be like, Hey, you know, do you mind, you know, telling me how you did that song or whatever, but I, I, I love that stuff. And, and so I'll, I'll always kind of stick with the guitar, but I just know, I know my lane. I'm no good, but I at least <laughs> like, I at least enjoy it. And I admit. Well, that's awesome. There you go. No, I thought, yeah. I, I thought that, uh, always thought that it would be great for anybody while they're playing even, yeah. uh, to have that because you know, the, the, the stress levels and the, the, the things that we go through as hockey players or professional athletes, the tension is, is quite high. And I think it helps. It helped me all through my, my career and my life even um, to have that outlet, you, you know, you focus. And then it really does. Cause you start to have to focus hard on learning. Right. It, 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 you totally forget about hockey for that time. However long you're practicing and learning, I think it's right. huge, and I think it was huge for a guy like Hershey because you know how he had battled, um, uh, you know, some demons, and and yeah, and, he's got some mental health, but he's yeah. a big advocate for it, which oh, is great. Oh, for sure, you know, so it's, it's great for people that have those challenges. I, I think it's awesome, and that's why I, I'm always willing to to spend some time with Hershey and teach him some guitar riffs and stuff. He, he, he wants to learn that starting over song from Chris Stapleton. And oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. I think it's a little, well, uh, <laughs> it's probably it's too advanced for him, but you're going to have to dumb it down and make it like yeah. three or four chords and just figure it out. <laughs> it'll, yeah, it'll, I, it'll be fun for sure. No, the, yeah. the people we've, I, the whole point I mentioned about my podcast, I want to, uh, I'm going to have to have on some musicians and, and I'm not, this isn't a hockey podcast. We talked a lot of hockey stuff today, but it was more about friendship for me to tell you the truth. This, yeah. was, this was about a, a friendship uh, pod and, uh, but I want to have on some musicians. I've got a few in mind that I'm, I'm going to try to get on here. 
because uh, that's kind of where my passions lie. <laughs> you mentioned we all hockey players want to be rock stars, rock stars want to be hockey players or whatever. I, I tell you right now, 100%, if, I, if, if someone could have given me a choice from a genie bottle, I for sure would have picked rock star over hockey player, for sure. Well, yeah, because you, you know what? I'm the same way. <laughs> Because I, when I get out of bed in the morning and I'm like, okay, what's hurting today? Because, you know, <laughs> you, you had 8,000 shots off of this shoulder and this elbow and your fingers are, you know, you didn't close properly. And I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I don't, I don't look back on it and, with regret. No, because no, obviously no, no. We're, we're proud of, of, sure. of our careers and, and proud of our, our past, but it's more, I envision what could have been, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you, oh, you look sure. back and you go, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. And like, I, I, honest to God, I'll tell you a funny story because I, when I work out in the mornings, like I've got a gym here. So I, I've just been, I do a little, little workout, a little, little sweat uh, on the elliptical and stuff like that. But I'll get caught down rabbit holes of YouTube and just randomly, like the other day, no joke, I'm, I, I punch on, I see Robert Palmer. Do you remember the song Simply Irresistible? Totally. So I've got a live version of him like playing and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm on the elliptical, like this clank along to Simply <laughs> Ir- Irresistible. And I'm like, I'm envisioning myself like I'm Robert Palmer 20 years ago on stage. Like that could have been me, but I'm like, that guy actually has a great voice. <laughs> guitar, like I'm watching his guitar. So I'm like, there's no chance I can do that what he's doing so it's just it's funny because i think in our world like people wanted to be goalies in the nhl or wanted to play in the olympics or do you know play in pro leagues and and i'm like would have been nice to just walk out on stage with a guitar right. and there's 20 000, I, I mean the yesterday's rabbit hole was enter sandman um, metallica <laughs> And yeah. you literally have James Hatfield <laughs> sitting there, oh, like sick. just, and there's 80,000 people yelling and screaming. And I'm like, just to be in that moment, right. and it's you, like, uh, I, I, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, that, I always wish, you know, maybe in another life I could have done that. You know, one of the things we, well, at least for me personally, when you play, when I played the game, especially earlier on in my career and it never died, but I always, I would get these uh, goosebumps or butterflies, this rush, a euphoric rush. Uh, if the, you played a great game and the, the crowds cheering your name, like, I'm not going to lie. That was a big motivator for me. I sucked balls when there was nobody in the stands and we were playing a little shithole. I it wasn't me. Yeah. I was an entertain. I love the entertainment of it all. And you know, yeah. it, as it went along, I, I got really more about the win and for the team and the winning the championships and all that. But when I was younger, I'm not going to lie. I love that feeling. And that's one of the things I think for me as a, you know, a, a dreamer wannabe rock star, that rush of the crowd, like whenever I see it on YouTube, I watch them all the time too when I'm working out the ACDC in front of 120,000 people and you can see right. the whole crowd and, and, uh, and, and Angus Young going down the catwalk. Yeah. 100,000 people. Like to me, that is it for sure. That's power. I, That's for power. Sure, yeah. For sure. When I saw you and you posted that one thing with, um, you, with that band. With uh, the Rack Lodge, yeah. With, yeah. And it's just a small little thing, but 
you know, how, how is that feeling? The nervousness, I'm sure, but that feeling, oh, yeah. it's kind of a yeah. rush. Right? It is. And it, I, I did sound check with them and I've never worn the ears even. So the right. butt, like, like I'll, you know, if I go to Nickelback or something, they'll, they'll give me the buds and I sit at the side and listen to, you know, their raw right. feet. But like, I've never, um, like played guitar with a, a tight band, like an actual professional <laughs> band right. and had the bloods in. So I'm, and, and what's weird about that whole experience, uh, the song was feels like that. And I'd listened to it a uh, thousand times and I knew it inside and out, but I couldn't get it in my house to sound exactly like it sounds. Uh, and I was losing my mind. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm like, it's, it's here. I'm watching Stuart, the guitarist, right. play, and I'm like, something's missing. Well, I didn't realize it was drop D. So I couldn't, I, I was like, <laughs> I would play it for my wife. And she's like, no, nah, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, I got to play with them tomorrow. You know, like, I'm like cramming for an exam and I can't get it to sound right. So when I first get there, I talk to their uh, manager and I was like, I need five minutes with your guitarist. Because I'm like, I... I know what I'm doing here, but I'm like, I can't get it to sound right. So they're like, oh, here's the guitar. Um, you know, here's the buds. And, and he goes, yeah, I'll tune it. I'll drop D it for you. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, let's drop D. I was like, oh, I, like now it like, so right. I start playing the exact same thing and it, it just clicks. So I, they're warming up and I can hear them singing and it's amateur hour for me. Like I go in there. <laughs> They're, you know, they're wearing jeans and t-shirts and I got a suit on because I'm calling a game in an hour. So I've got a suit on. I'm all stiff. <laughs> I've got my guitar and I'm, I'm playing, you know, one finger drop, drop E and, you know, <laughs> got the 10th fret and, and, and it starts sounding and I'm like, this is cool. But then I'm nervous because I'm like, oh, so I'm yeah. playing along and he's telling me, okay, like the timing. So Stuart comes over, he starts singing. And he's like, hey, you got the strumming pattern. That's great. Because I think they thought like they're going to get some idiot, which I am, but like right. some guy who literally didn't know what he was doing. So I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a two out of 10, you know, not, I'm not a zero. So I <laughs> at least knew what I was doing a bit. So I start playing and the whole time, like, you know, <laughs> comfort level on the guitar. I'm sure you could speak to this, like. You know, when I watch Richie Sambor like play the guitar, he's not even <laughs> you're not even looking at the guitar, he's talking to people he's playing, right? He knows exactly. Right. I'm like staring at the press, like, you know, like and I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get comfortable. So then I, I look up and keep going and I'm starting to move. So I felt and we did it three times and they filmed all three times. And outside of like there was one there was one, I guess, progression or whatever where I was supposed to drop because it like the music stops and then they move on. But I kept playing through it because I, I like missed it. And I could see them, the, the brother and sister look at each other. They're like, oh God, we got, you know, we got one of these guys. But for the most part, it was, it was cool. And if you could take that energy and it just inject it into your veins, yeah. like that's, that's a high, right? Like that's oh, a, for sure. it, it, it's such a rush, but yeah. it was, I did sound check with theory of a dead man once. And, it was that song, Hate My Life, which is like D-A-G. Like, it's a really, right. you know, the chords, like Tyler was like, yeah, and Dave, the guitars are like, you can use mine. Tyler can play the lead. And, you know, I, I understood everything. But what happened is they had some contest winners that allowed them. There was like 50 contest winners. To watch? 
to watch them do sound check. And Tyler goes, all of a sudden, like I come on stage and I'm playing with him. I'm looking at Tyler and I look and there's people watching. I'm like, oh my God, like this is not going to go well. But Tyler was able to carry me through. And then he apologized to them afterwards. Like, sorry, they, he goes, you want to think of a contest winner? He's like, I got one here. I got to deal with this guy. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> A couple of times I've been lucky enough to have that, you know, that small adrenaline yeah. um, and, and just see what it would really look like, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely in my dreams all the time. Constantly, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, the my first podcast I did uh, with Ian, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I intro with uh, something that I wrote. And then I outro with the same song. And then I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do this on every show. Um, I'm going to uh, leave the, the pod with a song, just something I pick that's not copywritten. And I'm going to try to find some indie stuff. But I did the first podcast episode and I exited with my, one of my youngest son's songs. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. That's and it's cool. really raw too. He only did... Uh, uh, a guitar track and vi- and vocal track, so it's very white stripes, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, very raw. But uh, it, I'm going to be dropping it uh, today, uh, so it's good timing that you and I are doing this one now. But it, so w- you might want to check it out. It's at the end. Oh, well. song is uh, it's pretty cool, but it's neat. To, I I sh- played it the ending of the podcast for for him, and I didn't tell him that I was going to do this. Oh yeah, uh, and I was gonna debut <laughs> one of his songs. He was pretty stoked. It was pretty cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So he, so a few of your kids have your musical ability, or just yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. The 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 only one, well, my daughter doesn't have any uh, of that side. She's she's the loveliest of everybody, but uh, sports wise and uh, music uh, artistically, uh, not as much but she's the yeah. best person of us all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my oldest is, uh, doesn't have the patience. He was talented in all that stuff and kind of went uh, away from it all. Jonah, the middle one, boy, and my youngest are both, uh, you know, Jonah, I don't know if you've seen his shoes that he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's got the artistic, artistic side uh from me and he he can play guitar my youngest mac uh it's he's doing a lot more of the guitar and music he's uh, all over my recording track stuff that i have hooked up and he's getting right into it he's got a couple of buddies and they do band stuff and that's awesome uh, he's actually really good um no it's it's pretty cool to see them i think it's just for them as people too i think it's we talked about it. it's great for yeah for you to kind of stay grounded but uh he's pretty good he's pretty good that's great um i, I thank you so much buddy for doing this with me i i am glad it's such short notice too that you <laughs> anytime buddy i feel like I, I feel like uh we'll have to do a couple of these where we you know we maybe do a saturday night and sit with a beer here and, yeah. and just yeah. kind of you know, just get caught up over time. I mean, you have to chop them up. Like, you know, they might yeah, get yeah, lengthy, yeah. but it'd just be nice to, 
just, you know, we can head down any path. I love just BS and it's just great to get caught up too, you know? Well, that's the whole point of this, you know, the pod. I, 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 I'm not, uh, I told you right off the hop, it wasn't a goalie coaching uh, podcast. It was more <laughs> about life and friendships and shit like that. Uh, before we exit here, I got three questions for you. Sure. And I'm going to start to do this with all of them. I think I never did it with Ian, but I just thought of this because uh, it's in what I like and love and, and interests me. So first thing is your favorite genre of music. Oh, I, I, you know what? I just say classic rock, like old school rock. Like, yeah. I, you know, give me, I have no problem. Bon Jovi. You, you know, like any day, like I could jump into the car. And I would have no problem with the classic rock or just right. like mainstream rock. Yeah. Cool. Well, that'll lead into the, it's all music based. So question number yeah. two is your favorite band. Can you pick one off the top of your head? You know what? It's funny. Like I have a, you, you, you know, I'm pretty close to Chad from Nickelback and yeah. everyone knows that like I've, I've always enjoyed their music. I, you know, I, I can listen to Like I can go back and listen to something early on or something late, and I have no problem with them. I I, I love Metallica, I love uh, Bon Jovi, like I it, like mainstream. Then and give me you know give me some, give me people that can play guitars and sing. That's right. what it is like. You know that's not you know too mixed up. Is that you call it? Like you know the the music that's yeah, yeah, been yeah. you know spit through the computer three thousand times. Like yeah. I that's I'm I'm fine with that. So just the, the mainstream. And question three, what are you rocking right now on your playlist? Boom. You got to answer me right away. On my player? Well, this yeah. morning it was Robert Palmer. Simply <laughs> irresistible. I'm not lying. Like it was, <laughs> it's just, but, I got into that. I, but uh, honestly, last week it was the Go-Go's live on, <laughs> uh, live at Central Park. Like, no way. You know, I, I get caught down these rabbit holes and I'm like, because they had like a go-go's movie out like you know whatever happened to them and like because they're, they're they're all mid-60s now so you look back and they were like they belinda carlisle belinda carlisle yeah. but they originally started as like a punk band so i saw the movie and i started going down the rabbit hole of like you know hey let's let's take a look at at the go-go so honestly <laughs> i'm all over the map when it comes to music uh you know to the point where i listened to beer can from the rec laws just before we came on, because I was trying to learn it on the guitar. So I, I, I it, it's, it's mainstream rock and and country for sure. Cool. No, that that's cool. I, I, uh, I think that's the best way way to be as as far as a fan of music is, don't close yourself off. Yeah. And, and explore. Like I, you know, obviously some of the twang country I have a problem with, but for example, my favorite album right now and my favorite artist uh right now is uh chris stapleton oh yeah. yeah oh yeah like that dude he can wail singing wise and he can literally he's not a shredder but he's an awesome guitarist and he, the stuff he writes it, it crosses over for me on right the country singer but he's a blues rock uh icon to me right now he's he's awesome but uh it's uh, it's interesting how people sometimes are like, one hundred percent country or one hundred percent this or, I like to listen to so much different things. It's cool that you you mentioned that. 
the go-go's. <laughs> yeah, which is like way, you know, kind of off the beaten path, but it's just, that's kind of like, I'll get caught in something and I'm like, I got to watch this, you know, it, it's <laughs> like, it, it just like, you know, watch live aid and you're like, okay, there's that 20 minute queen, you know, queen oh, performance yeah. of Freddie Mercury. You're like, this is, this is brilliant. Like, you know, and then you, and then you start to go, oh, well, that guy was a really good artist. Oh, and there's Sting. Okay. Let's watch some of the police live. And then, and then, you know, I'm, 90s music and stuff like it's not that I don't like today's music because I think a lot of today's artists are very talented it's just different <laughs> and you mentioned crossovers and stuff yeah. like that I I just I like guys who are just talented enough that hey I'm really good on the guitar I've got a real big range of voice and you know so I, I like I'm, I'm not lying I'm looking down my little list here and it's like Prince but then it's Limp Bizkit and then it's Bon Jovi <laughs> And I'm watching Steven Tyler. It was like celebrities that surprised buskers. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, Steven, yeah, Tyler's, yeah. Steven Tyler's in Russia and there's a guy, you know, singing his song. So he walks up and sings with him. Like that stuff's really cool to me. You know, so, so you, I, you really do do the, the YouTube rabbit hole. I, I do because, you know, if I'm doing cardio every day right here, we're stuck at home for nine months. Like, it, it's it's something to yeah. you know it's not it's not just the same song every day so i'm like hey let's let's look at this or let's you know and and you know some something will suggest something we'll look at uh, you know the other day it was the jonas brothers i'm like yeah you know i think they could sing you know what let's try it out and and you know it was a <laughs> three minute clip i watched that and then ended up into hansen and umbop and then it went over to so i was like <laughs> okay i'm in in teen bands here you know late 90s in sync and all of that so it's kind of funny like that that's the type of stuff that i enjoy but uh i always kind of come back to the you classic know just rock. mainstream yeah classic rock yeah yeah well my roots uh you know the metal days and and back when you know me i was like yeah uh, hard rock big time but uh yeah it, there's so many past that you as you meet people and different types of uh friends that have different types of tastes in music I, I've learned, you know, I remember my wife introduced me to The Cure. And at first I was like, oh, this, this stuff sucks ass. But, then, <laughs> but, you know, as I opened up, I went to see them a couple of times and I was like, yeah. wow, you know, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. But I remember back in the day, if you weren't, you know, if you weren't a hard rocker, you weren't worthy. Yeah, that was kind of the roots. And I, I mean, I think I was just more mainstream, but you know, you re I respected it. Like that's where, you know, those bands that, and they've, they've lasted the test of time too, right? Like, you know, you could still turn on one of those songs and, and you're still enjoying it as much today as you were back then. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, Jamie, again, thanks so much for doing this buddy. And we'll definitely do this again. And, and, uh, yep and um maybe do it a different you know way maybe with a beer or two and, and shoot the shit again say hi to the fam all the best to your wife and kids tell steph i said hi and well uh, and uh peace peace to you brother oh. all right thanks buddy love you right. cool I'd like to thank Jamie for coming on the podcast today. I had a ton of fun chatting with an old friend and sharing a few of our old stories. 
I can't say enough about how important it is to stay connected, especially in these times we're in right now. So if you have some time, man, pick up the phone and connect with someone you care about. <laughs> there you go. My Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy <laughs> for all you SNL lovers. If you want to check out Jamie on TV or radio, you can listen to him on TSN 1050 Radio on the show Overdrive weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern. You can also watch him on TSN on the same show. He does all kinds of other TV work, so just look for the guy with the freaking massive ears and you'll know it's Jamie. <laughs> I really want to thank everyone for listening today. And in doing so, I'll leave you with a chill little indie tune from Makito called Time Sensitive. Happy holidays, everyone, and God bless. Today.